Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. <laughs> Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. If you are a mom, this is definitely an episode for you. So I suggest putting the kids to bed and setting down with your favorite adult beverage and listening to this episode. Because today we're going to talk about mom guilt. What is mom guilt? What does it look like? What does it feel like? And how do we get past mom guilt? And joining us in the studio, we have Jessica Nosick, the owner and creator of Midland Moms Blog. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Glad to be here. So I'm sure everyone has heard about or seen Midland Moms Blog on social media. So what exactly is Midland's Moms Blog? It is a uh, website. Um, and social media platform for, um, it's a local resource for moms, parents, families, anybody really. So we try to incorporate all information that we can for um, Milan and Odessa and um, information about parenting and jokes, good ones, bad ones, mostly bad. <laughs> can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? I, um, I'm from here. Um, I'm going to be 40 in like a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, Happy birthday. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, my family's all here. Um, married, have like a gaggle of kids, a couple of stepkids, one of my own, um, a whole bunch of animals, and, um, and that's that. <laughs> and what prompted you to start Midland Mom's Blog? Well, uh, it, you know, there was a lot, of, a lot of factors, I guess, leading up to it. But really the final um, straw was when I wanted to get Botox. Um, and I've told this story a couple of times. Um, I didn't, none of my friends had started Botox yet. And so I didn't know how to find someone to do my Botox. And it wasn't like, um, I didn't want to rely on like an internet um, uh, review or anything like that. So, um, and I didn't really know how to ask around. So mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, surely it's not exclusive to Botox. Maybe there's lots of moms that, you know, have questions and need need to pick each other's brains. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, so that was really the final straw. The long story is I uh, struggled with postpartum. And right when my daughter was born, uh, Facebook was starting to explode. And so all the all of my friends were having babies and all these pictures were super curated and everybody was like clean. Nobody was covered in barf. Um, and so, yeah. So I'm Not like, what real. is, what is happening to me? Why am I wearing the same clothes as I've been wearing for like, you know, a week and I'm covered in spit up and I don't know when I showered last. And, um, and so I felt very isolated. And after a while, after, you know, some counseling, thank you, Christy. Um, I realized I'm not alone, even though I felt very alone, and um, it was a very normal thing, but there was not a community um, of moms to kind of band together and, and, and find that sense of community and camaraderie. Yeah. And we have pretty awesome moms here in the studio. Christy, Melly, you guys, why don't you talk about your kids, too, so everyone knows kind of the, you know, the ages and things like that. Okay. Well, I'm I have like all ages of kids. It's awesome. <laughs> my uh my son is about to be 27 
And I have a 24. I got to I got to think about it for a minute. Excuse me. Bad mom. Uh, I have a senior <laughs> a in high mom. school. Uh she's about to be 18. Reminds me constantly that she's about to be 18. Oh my gosh. Um and then I have a 13-year-old. So, yeah, I got a lot going on. And our topic is mom guilt, which I am experiencing as we speak. <laughs> my daughter is playing volleyball. And I'm not watching her. <laughs> Go, mom! <laughs> it's hard to miss those things. Well, you know, yes. it's just part of life. So, go ahead. You should Your have turn. planned better. You're on. Okay. So, <laughs> you wait a minute. Give me more guilt. How, how are you not doing everything all at the same time? Right. I don't understand. Right. Yeah. Right. How, I don't I understand. Know. Right. It's true. Okay. So I am clearly the oldest mom here because I have a 32-year-old, a 31-year-old, and a 25-year-old, all boys, um, and Trust me, you have guilt about boys as well as you do about daughters. You know, the things that you did that you wish you wouldn't have done, the things that you didn't do, um, you know, things that you did, everything. You can always find something to feel guilty about. Mm -hmm. So, And I am a dog mom of four. So I, I have to say, I don't know how you guys raise human babies. It's hard enough raising dogs. I always so. I'm like, I don't know how I kept you people alive. I really yeah. don't. Yes. I mean, it's amazing. I, so let's start off with Melanie. You are one of Serena Williams' number one fans on Instagram, right? <laughs> you you love all of her posts. Well, <laughs> I especially like this post. Um, she posted something that went viral um, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, and it's about mom guilt. So I thought it was really interesting. She's a big superstar. Fabulous athlete, super fit, seems to have it all together. We picture people in the celebrity world having all the nannies, all the help, all the love, never a problem, right? So when she posted this, I think it really resonated with a lot of people. Um, it read, last week was not easy for me. Not only was I accepting some tough personal stuff, but I was just in a funk. Mostly, I felt like I was not a good mom. I read several articles that said postpartum emotions can last up to three years if not dealt with. I like communication best. Talking things through with my mom, my sisters, my friends, let me know that my feelings are totally normal. It's totally normal to feel like I'm not doing enough for my baby. We've all been there. I work a lot. I train. I'm trying to be the best athlete I can be. However, that means although I have been with her every day of her life, I'm not around as much as I would like to be. Most of you moms deal with the same thing. Whether stay at home or working, finding that balance with kids is a true art. You are the true heroes. I'm here to say if you're having a rough day or week, it's okay. I am too. There's always tomorrow. I love that statement from someone who has some notoriety. And like you're saying from the outside looking in, you, you think she's got it great. She she looks perfect. She it looks like she has everything together. Yeah. But for her to come out and be honest and try to relate to any mom so out there true. and like jessica said you're looking at social media whether it's celebrities or your best friend or your worst enemy or who, whomever it is they look great mm -hmm. because that's what we put out there it's not real mm -hmm. it's not the crying in the corner trying to breastfeed in the middle of three o'clock in the morning and there's and nobody around <laughs> i mean that's reality mm -hmm. and what are some examples of mom guilt let's talk about some issues that you guys have encountered uh jessica if you want to talk more about that um, I mean, just pick one. 
any yeah. anything really. I um, when I had my daughter, I was working in an office, like a traditional work situation, um, and I was miserable because I was away from my daughter. Then um, I well, I also hated my job, but you know whatever. <laughs> um, then I stopped the traditional work environment, and then I started working for myself, which I hated um, initially because I was even more away from my daughter. Um, so then I focused on being a stay-at-home mom, which drove me crazy because I didn't have any sort of like creative outlet or any kind of intellectual outlet. Um, and a lot of that was, um, I, I guess some of it was self-imposed guilt and shame. Um, like what am I supposed to be doing? And am I doing it, whatever I'm supposed to be doing, am I doing it right? Um, and then there's, you know, school moms and what are they doing? Am I, you know, are they judging me? Am I judging them? And, um, yeah. And so, and social media is just, um, that's so bad. Even without social media, I know I always joke that I've, I'm, I'll always sign up to be the worst room mom ever always <laughs> yeah. because the guilt gets me when I go and I'm like, okay, I'm working and I know I can't be room mom and it's, you know, and then I'm room mom and I suck because I don't have time for that. <laughs> so then I finally stopped doing that. Good for you. Learn to say no. Yeah. I think you get volunteered to do a lot of things, Melanie. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've got a lot of kids. And then I feel bad with the last one, you know, it's even worse. It's just, you, you play these little mind games and it's, it's just not being able to fit into that perfection role that for whatever reason we were told at some point mm-hmm. that we can have it all. Well, because we probably have seen that one person that we think has it all. I always, did you guys watch the movie Grease? Mm-hmm. You know, Patty Simcox, <laughs> the cheerleader that's always happy and all her grades are wonderful and everything. Yes. I bet she is the perfect room mom for all of her probably <laughs> right. kids that are perfect and never barfed on her and things like that. So we all are like, okay, that's the ideal. And I'm pretty good and I can do that. But, but then in reality, it gets in the way. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we just have to be, we're good enough. And sometimes we just totally failed. I forgot that I was supposed to bring cookies for the Valentine party. I am so sorry. Or I went and got store-bought cookies or something like that, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm. you have to, at the end of the day, you have to look (laughs) at yourself in the mirror and say, I did good enough. It was good enough. Right. And Mm -hmm. and we don't want to do that, though. We want our kids to go, oh, my moms are the best. Yeah, you know, there's, no, there's so many things oh. like we don't want to be bad moms. We don't want to ruin our children because there's that fear that mm-hmm. we're going to do something that's so destructive they'll never recover. Or we don't want to feel the judgment. We don't want to feel like we're being judged. We don't want to not be you know, good mm-hmm. enough in the eyes of other people. Mm-hmm. So it's right. a lot to, to have. It, it's a tightrope to walk on every day. It sounds like a really a never-ending circle of comparisons. I mean, what is what is a good mom and what is a bad mom? It's oh, just I have an I have an opinion on that. Sure. Um, so uh, going back to the room mom thing, um, my kid goes to a pretty small small little school, and when they all started in preschool, everybody all the moms just really overdid it. You know, we showed up to every single party and we had all the valentines put together right, and everything was glittery and sparkly and wonderful. And now our kids are in sixth grade, and we're like, eh. you know, it's like. Who are we trying to impress? So we, I think that the lucky moms get to that point. I don't know if lucky is the right word, but um, where they start to redefine those words like perfection or good or bad or, and then when it comes to comparison, whose eyes really matter? Mm-hmm. It's your kids, really. I mean, I think, I, I don't know. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. And wouldn't you say that? generation as we passed the torch 
we're making it harder on ourselves. I wonder how much harder it's going to get for our own kids. Because mm-hmm. I have to say, I mean, I don't remember... I don't remember ever thinking my mom was a bad mom mm-hmm. as a kid, but she definitely was not concerned about being the most amazing room mom ever. Or, you know, I'm not going to make it to all your things. Sorry. It mm-hmm. was just not a thing. And it was never, I, I didn't never even think my like, parents knew my teachers. You right. Know, after, I mean, like, Same. after like third well, grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. There wasn't walking you to class mm. all the time, and we have to go to meet mm-hmm. the teacher. It's just in part of that too. I don't know what happened that we are we're so um, encircling of our kids. It's different helicopters. It, oh, yeah, I, but it's a whole community. It's a. Of. I mean, don't you think it's like a pendulum? You know, society wise, like um, our my mom was a working mom and was like, okay, well, latchkey kids. We were latchkey kids, mm-hmm. um, and maybe as such. We've overcompensated and just done the opposite of what our oh, mothers absolutely. did. Um, whereas they did the opposite of what their parents did. Mm-hmm. They went to work where their parents were, or my, their yeah. mother was at home and mm-hmm. baking. That's and interesting. Yeah. yeah. So perhaps, perhaps and that gives me hope because <laughs> if we're helicopters, then I guess I guess our kids are going to be okay if that, if that theory stands. <laughs> well, yeah. In, in in counseling, there are the terms. It's like engaged. So you're engaged in your kids' lives. You're interested. You care. Then there's enmeshed. And if you're enmeshed, you're that's whenever you're like, I've got to know all your friends. We're going to talk about them every day, what they wear, you know, or what their moms do or whatever. It is So what you're looking for is that healthy engagement. I care. I do what I can. I can't do it all. And I'm not going to even try. So you just need to know that, I, that that's, that's how we roll in this house. So... My mom used to always say, let the PTA moms take care of that. I'm a working mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So wow. I can't <laughs> see? I need to meet your mom. Just let the PTA <laughs> moms take care of that. Because they really and I'm not trying to lump everybody together, but they're the people that they enjoy that. I mean, right, they right. very much enjoy that. And we need those people mm-hmm. to make our schools run smoother. If they like it, Absolutely. let them have it. So that's a, that just triggered something really important. It's okay to enjoy working yes okay staying at home because i think we get we either beat each other up Mm -hmm. or beat ourselves up for you know well you'd rather be at work than with your kids and it's actually okay if that's enjoy your job you enjoy what you do Mm -hmm. um and that's better for your kids for them to see oh wow mom is fulfilled and it has not to, it has nothing to do with me or it only has partly to do with me mm-hmm. that's great it's good for mom mm-hmm. i mean they don't maybe see that right away but as they become grown ups i think wow parents have a full life terrific i should follow suit as opposed to put all my eggs in one basket and just hone in on you know yes my boys tell the story all the time cuz my first degree was in accounting when i got ready to go back um to work full time, I just didn't feel really fulfilled doing that. So I went and did some leveling classes to become a therapist. They talk about for like three years, my my uh, graduate school thesis was on the dining room table. So we never ate at the dining room table. And, so, and but they say at this point, that's why they have master's degree and whatever. They're like, my mom did it with three kids, you know. Right. So you just sacrifice your dining room table for a few years to write your thesis, and then you go on. So I, what you're saying, I think that is they can take that and say that's a motivational thing for me or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we've been conditioned to believe that as mothers, as opposed to, I mean, and it's definitely a double standard, we have to sacrifice so much of ourselves for, and just kind of 
we work for our family and mm-hmm. for our kids and everything we do. But sometimes some of that is for us, and it's good for us to impose that upon our children, both our sons and daughters, because our sons are going to be with women that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we need them to have respect for their choices, too. So and you, just, and you have to take care of yourself as an individual, because if you're not taking care of your physical or mental health, then you can't give that to your kid. Absolutely. That's, That's so true. true. You, you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. So taking care of yourself is just as important. You're raising yourself, too. Right. And I see some other examples of guilt um, issues that are are commonly um, talked about with moms. We've talked about working versus staying home, breastfeeding versus formula. I know that's a huge conversation Mm -hmm. um, discussion. And everyone has an opinion on that on social media for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone on social media has an yes. opinion. They sure do. <laughs> and they will share it. Yes. Um, allowing children times. to have a phone or not, or like at what age do you allow them to have right. a phone? Mm-hmm. Um, co-sleeping, healthy eating schedules, not giving kids enough um, versus giving them too much helicopter parenting, extracurricular activities, too many. I know a lot of kids that are in like three oh, or yeah. four mm-hmm. different sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then single mom guilt, dating, et cetera. How do you, what if you're a single mom? How do you go through oh, that I've been process? there. Right. Yeah. I um. am there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a whole other set of issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to think of staying at home versus working, whatever my choice was. It really was a choice at one point for me. It's not a choice now. Mm-hmm. There's not a, there's not an option. I I work or, you know. Electricity gets shut off, <laughs> so right? That's my reality. And how do you, how do you find time for personal life with that too? Oh. You're, you're a single mom working full time with your kids. Yeah, it's hard. Um, it's it, it's very very hard, especially when you are dating, because then you have to keep everything separate at least for some time. And um, my kids, you have you have to or you choose to. I'm just curious. Well, that's true. You mm-hmm. choose to. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's a very good. You point. Ch- you definitely chose to. Which, oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I chose to for a while, but mm-hmm. you know, it just and it depends on the people. Sure, you know, when it feels right, and, yeah. and the age mm-hmm. of the kids, and there's a lot of things that right. go in yeah. yeah. that. So my kids are at a different age now; they're a little bit older than whenever I, you know, we started out. So the rules I had for myself were completely different, and it uh, it's it's difficult. It's isolating. You feel like the world the world is very heavy. Everything's on your shoulders when you're the head of the household. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And what are some things that you do to keep your mental health in check? Um, I f- <laughs> We're all still trying to figure that out, I right? F- I am seriously probably better. Uh, it's easier now with my girls being older, but our time, it's really all together. And I really cherish it. Mm-hmm. Now I start to see, you know, I'm not going to have them around forever. And mm-hmm. I, I really want to spend as much time with them as I can, whether we're all just be able to pile up in my bed and watch a movie or... I think that's self-care. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Self-care doesn't have mm-hmm. to be solo. Right. I think. right. Totally. Yeah, yeah. that's a, yeah, that's a great pedicure, point. Yeah. Pedicures, manicures, mm-hmm. things like yeah, that. We Those do are... that stuff together. Mm-hmm. We'll, they'll, we try to either cook together or we eat together. Not necessarily at the table. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes we eat in my room. <laughs> watch a movie. I love it. Yeah. But it's just... That's, that's intimate. That's intimacy, yes, though. Is. That really... Me- that's that's bond. That's... Yeah, that's bond yeah. building for sure. I think so, um, too. It, it really is. It's just... It depends on what's good, what's okay for 
for you. Mm-hmm. But and and one of the greatest things you can give to someone is your time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, people think it has to be an actual physical, tangible gift. Sometimes, no, your time is is what's mm-hmm. important. Yeah, family, friends, coworkers. Jessica, what are some things that you do? Well, I make jokes. That's my coping mechanism. And would uh, you like to give us an example? Well, I'm just sarcastic. <laughs> I don't have like written jokes. Um, <laughs> no, I um, <laughs> like knock knock. Yeah. <laughs> Although, okay. you not come up with one. <laughs> my daughter told me a riddle, and I can't. I, oh, I promised her I'd, I'd give it a try, but now I can't remember it. So. <laughs> um, but uh, no. Um, I do. I call it executive time, and it's every day um, for at least fifteen minutes. And I will take a shower, take a bath, but whatever I do, um, it's in it's with the purpose, with the intention of being alone with my thoughts, or just letting all the things that are crowding my brain to just like chill for a minute, um, and just kind of find a place to settle in my head. So even if it's a power nap or if I just go for a walk outside, I try to do it with intention. Um, uh, I told you earlier, I've been going to counseling for like a million years and, um, I've, well, you look great. For, yeah. <laughs> for, for being, it's all the right. Botox is what it is. <laughs> That's the title of this episode. Love it. <laughs> so, um, and uh, Christy has taught me lots of different coping me- mechanisms. Um, and I tried a lot of them, you know, um, and it, I think it's trial and error. I used to get really wound up that journaling was not my thing. You know, like, okay, write your thoughts down. Just like, just write it down. Just write, just write, just write. Whoa. Um, that was a lot of pressure. You know, who am I writing to? What am I writing about? And, and it, you know, I would get more anxious about that kind of thing. So journaling, even though I do write for a living, um, yeah, writing with no purpose other than to vent. Anyway, I digress. That Different coping mechanisms, different uh, methods of self-care. Uh, I think you just got to keep trying things until something sticks. Mm-hmm. And as long as you do it with intention, it doesn't really matter. And if it what works it for a while and then it doesn't work anymore, that's great mm-hmm. too. That's I have true. I yeah. have my little morning routine, and what really works for me—the only thing that's been forever consistent—is I get up and I run. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to do the journaling thing first, and for a while that was really cool. And then it just felt like, oh my gosh, I have, I have homework this morning, and then <laughs> forget it. I was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'll just. Mm-hmm. But for me, running is—that's my therapy. I it get is up, a good one. Nobody else is around. Mm-hmm. It's just me. Mm-hmm. I do it. I'm done. And then I feel so much better. But everybody has their own thing. It might mm-hmm. be that extra cup of coffee or uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk more about that, Chrissy? Because parenting is not a set path, right? right. We need to learn how to pivot. And sure. Is guilt a conditioned emotion? Of course it is. Um, you know, if if you never had anybody make you feel guilty, you would never have to experience guilt, you know, and and we do that, you know, even from our, when our kids are little, we're like, mm-hmm. shame on you, or you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Why'd you hit your brother? He loves you, you know, those kind of things. So yes, it's very much conditioned, but what we've got to, uh, okay, it's easy because I'm older now, but you know, before I worried, you know, if, if my mom came in the house and sat down and just like, or she looked at my refrigerator and she was like, 
well, everything in your house looks good except that refrigerator is bad, you know, and then I just obsessed with that, you know. And my mom, she's not a good housekeeper, so it was just a it was just like basically a conversation. But um just over the years I've just decided I choosing to be happy, I'm choosing to be healthy, and if my uh definition or the way that looks for me is does not fit yours, then I'm okay with that. But that's hard. I wasn't like that in my, you know, thirties or so. It it's when you when you get older and you know, whatever. But um, but yes, you have to be able to pivot with kids. You have to be able to say that was, that was working right up until this point because everybody's evolving. Mm-hmm. Kids develop all the time. What works for them at one point in their lives is not going to work. What worked for you at some point, you one day are going to question, why am I doing that? Why was that important? And you're going to change that. So you've got to just, you've just got to be able to go with the flow and pivot or chunk it or say parts of this works and we're going to keep this but you have to be willing to do that right and I love that's what Jessica does she gets her moms together they talk about things they laugh about things when somebody says this worked for me and somebody says I've never tried that and they go try that so I think that's the beauty of what she's doing Mm-hmm. It's just having these moms have exposure to all kinds of ideas mm-hmm. and the being most, honest yeah. about it. Yes. Very honest. Um, we try to talk about the, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, and we do not judge. Mm-hmm. That's like the rule. We mm-hmm. don't judge each other. We don't judge others. Um, and uh, we try to open our hearts and minds when we talk about new and different things. And we all have I mean, we cover the spectrum when it comes to religion and politics and um, vaccinations and breastfeeding. We really do. But we we are trying to set a great example that you can have a group of 30 women who all have like strikingly different opinions about some pretty divisive or um, divisive topics. Um, And we can all still be in a room and coexist and be cordial and respectful to one another. Um, and I just love that. I love that. And that's wow, the I hope we're spreading of, the word. <laughs> of the face-to-face conversation, mm-hmm. I think. I that's where it's different. When you're in social media and you get into these confrontational conversations, if that's what you call them, it's different. You're not seeing someone as a human being. Mm-hmm. They're just, it's it's your keyboard. It's right. the screen. We, we've condensed. dehumanizes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. We've condensed human emotions and reactions down to four emojis. You know, exactly. a heart, a laughing face, a thumbs up. That's it. Oh, mine's a middle finger. And, and, but that's, I'm waiting for that that's one. That's still on there. Yeah. I thought it was gone. You know, know. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's what, I think you've mentioned that before, Christy, that that's just, that's what we've condensed it down to. Where mm-hmm. There's no conversation. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. a reaction, a, a two-second reaction. Yeah. But groups like Jessica's. It's it's a chance for other women who are experiencing things to have a voice. It's a chance for them to speak their mind openly without, you know, putting it all over Facebook or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a great thing that you've started. Thank because you. Because when it comes down to it, you're all just moms trying to make it in this crazy world. That's it. And um, and by lifting each other up and supporting each other, um, we're teaching ourselves and others to give grace. Um, and that really helps with the guilt and the shaming. Um, once I decided I was going to stop comparing myself to others, it wasn't I made it wasn't that I made that conscious decision. It was um, I realized I I am judging others, and so I would stop doing that. Um, I don't care what you think about vaccinations or guns or breastfeeding. I really don't because mm-hmm. it didn't affect me. Mm-hmm. I have my opinion. I'll keep it to myself. And so, all right, that was like so freeing. The book, I, I think I've talked to you about this. 
the subtle art of not giving a okay bleep no (laughs) therapy forever and and this book like really it was like it's like christy tossed a puzzle on the thing on the desk and like we pieced it all together and there was like this one thing that was missing and it was this book and it was like oh my gosh we talked about bible study a million years ago right Mm -hmm. um i'm like wow bible study like a two thousand year old book and people are doing the same stories over and over again it's like okay well when you say it you know, over and over again, at some point it's going to land. And this was the thing that landed with me. It's like you treat that, you treat those things like currency, the Fs, you treat them like currency and everybody gets 10 a day, say, well, you're going to give your Fs, you're going to spend them differently than I'm going to. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, it's like, yeah. okay, well, all right, you go ahead and monogram all your stuff. I'm not going to, because... That seems, yeah, that's just not, it's not my jam. Mm -hmm. So, and everybody lives happily ever after. (laughs) Which is so freeing because the difficulty here is that we want to be engaged in other people's lives, which when people let us in, we feel like we have a say, right? And at some point you'd have to say, I don't have a say. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we can have a conversation like you're talking about, but I don't really have a say. So there's this um, great cartoon that I refer to a lot. It's just one of those like single uh, frame deals and um it's a uh, about um perspective or outlook and the the top person little stick figure guy is like super excited arms out wide big smile on his face super happy and the bottom guy is like super blue and sad and whatever and um each line that the person is saying is nobody gives a shit but the top guy is like, nobody gives a shit with an exclamation point. And the bottom one is like, oh, nobody gives a shit. And it's like really just changing that perspective is so freeing. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you give a thing about whatever you give a thing about and I'll be over here. And I'll be good. Doing my thing. And we'll still live in the same room and be happy. (laughs) And it's not just a conscious decision. It's a constant decision. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's part of it. Mm Because you have to always be in that mode of, okay, Reminding yourself not to judge yourself, not to judge other people. I mean, we're human, right? You can't help it sometimes, but just you can bring yourself back if you're really constantly thinking about it in terms of how you want people. It's the golden rule. Treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Right. Ultimately, that's what it is. And we're all so different, Mm -hmm. yet so the same. Mm-hmm. We all and, want and we the want, same things. Yeah. And we right. want this groundswell to come that, that people start to learn it, it doesn't matter. You know, whether I feel the same way about things that you do or not, I can still be your friend. Right. I mean, we don't want to be Stepford women. Mm-mm. We don't want to raise Stepford children. I don't know. Sometimes it might be nice to have kids that didn't talk back. But anyway, <laughs> no, we don't want Stepford children or Stepford husbands or whatever. We just want to be allowed to feel what we feel, have an opinion about what we have an opinion about, and it be okay. Mm-hmm. We don't right. all have to be alike. That's so true. And that's actually what makes the world interesting, I think. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jessica, how can we find your blog? Um, we're on on the interwebs, um, midland.citymomsblog.com. Um, we also have um, a Facebook account, Midland Moms Blog, and Instagram, at Midland Moms Blog. And there you go. We're all over the place. Um, my face is all over town. There's that. And your writers are volunteer-based, correct? They are. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, every single one of them. If someone was interested in getting involved with you, how would they go about that? There is a very lengthy and intense um, audition process. There needs to be like a five-minute demo. Re- no, I'm just kidding. No. Um, <laughs> it sounds just, fun. 
contact me through Facebook or email me. Or there's a there's a place on the um, on the website um, to get in contact with me directly. And um, yeah, I um, I although quite literally every single one of my writers is like crazy talented. Um, I'm not looking for talent specifically. I'm looking for um, enthusiasm and passion. Um, and that's yeah. So. And I've, I've got it in spades with these gals. They're amazing. That's They're wonderful. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that you guys are all amazing, powerful, strong women, moms, amongst other things that all of you are. What are some things to end on that you want to tell other moms in the community? What do you guys want to say to other moms out there who are experiencing guilt? Um, look within. Look to your family and do what's right for you there's no right answer other than what is right for you yeah i think um i think you can we all have a different place of happiness my happiness is not your happiness my parenting is not your parenting so find your own style and just be confident about it and talk to people when you feel down because other people are struggling with exactly what you are so true if i think us connecting makes us all better Mm mm-hmm and I think mine is going to sound very therapisty, but I believe that everybody's doing the best that they can do. And so just let that be enough. Your kids are going to be okay, mom. They're going to be great. And, and if you're, you're overwhelmed, okay. though, if you're really overwhelmed. If you're overwhelmed, you call centers <laughs> at 432-570-1084. We can help you with all kinds of coping techniques. <laughs> that was good, Christy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Melanie led me right into that. <laughs> nice, nice plug. <laughs> Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis and Abby Wiggum. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library 432-682-2731. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.